is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Thank you and welcome. As usual, I have with me four gentlemen whose happy task it is to keep our audience rolling in the aisles. <laughs> but enough of our studio attendants, let's meet our teams. <laughs> Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton on my right. Barry Cryer and Graham Garden on my left. And we start with the round called Calypso. This is the one where each team has to improvise a Calypso with the members of uh, the team taking alternate lines and assistance provided, of course, at the piano by Colin Sell. I'm going to ask uh, Tim and Willie now to give Barry and Graham a subject for their Calypso. We thought we'd be right up to date with... Um... <laughs> a microchip calypso. No calypso. <laughs> well, I must admit, sir. <laughs> a friend of mine gives very large tips. Because he has a firm making microchips. He's been so successful, so he says. He's moving into smaller premises. <laughs> I shall be judging this round, teams, by the volume of applause and volume and length of applause from the audience. Oh, now he tells So you really us. haven't got off the ground yet. <laughs> so, uh, Barry and Graham, will you give a subject to Tim and Willie, please? Equally hot topic. Yes. The, the, the SDP. <laughs> I got a leaflet from the SDP Saying the middle of the road is the place to be <laughs> That's all very well, but have they ever thought You could get run over by a juggernaut <laughs> Well, I think, Barry and Graham, you have to agree that they got the greatest applause on Do that one. we have one. to? You have to, yes. And uh, I'm going to give you now the uh, late arrivals that you're going to have to announce at the end of the programme. I'm going to ask you to announce late arrivals at the Linguists' Ball. Late arrivals at the Linguists' Great. Ball. And we come on to Mornington Crescent now. This is the moment when I can announce the winner of last week's Mornington Crescent competition. As you may remember, we stopped the game when Tim said King's Cross and asked you to suggest what Barry should say so that Willie could say Mornington Crescent immediately afterwards. Well, we received hundreds of postcards, which I have here in a hat, and I'm delighted to say that most of them, <laughs> most of them gave the correct answer, which was, of course, Marble Arch. The first one out of the hat... <laughs> ..which I have here belongs to... Wait a minute, Marcus Platt... Marcus Platt of Holloway, who gave the correct answer. Marcus Platt of Holloway, congratulations. Cell 236, to be precise. <laughs> and uh, The operation was a great success. Marcus Platt will receive a copy of the I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue book. Incidentally, he doesn't have to send us £1.95, as I suggested last week. It's £2.24. I forgot the postage. <laughs> 
Okay, well now let's go on to an actual round of Mornington Crescent and another listener, Mrs. Debbie Hyam, or perhaps it should be Higham, of Fulham, has decided to turn the tables on you teams by setting you a Mornington Crescent problem. And this is the problem which I want you to solve. If Graham says Highbury, Tim says the Angel, and Barry says Arnos Grove, then you should be able to get to Mornington Crescent in three. But that's not straight rules, Tom, is it? No, this is the non-terminus variation. Ah! (laughs) Tread gently, lad. Angel after Highbury. On terminus rules, can't be, surely. Yes, it can. Of course, if you're starting... Why can it? Well, if you're starting with Highbury, the ain't that so... You can't be wrong there. Arnott's Grove, the two A's. But it, yeah. Nobody would play Arnott's Grove there. Nobody would play Arnott's Grove there, though. That's the point, isn't it? Will you... We'll so what we're, basically what we're saying is Barry has been stupid enough to play Arnus Grove after the Angel. That's is what that, I didn't like. That, that's what's unreal about this Yes, situation. exactly. Right. Right, OK. Well, I, I could it throw it open again with Gouge Street. That's a possible. But Graham... It's a helping hand Graham has at got a perilous say, moment. He's got to say Warren Street, which makes me King's Cross, yes. and there's no terminus. So that doesn't work. Yeah. Any ideas in the audience? Any suggestions? I don't know what... Where? Heathrow Central. Heathrow Ah. <laughs> load of rubbish. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't work either, unfortunately. Have you ever played this game? No, that's <laughs> a fool. No, I don't think... <laughs> Do you Coming think you're up. going to get it, team? Do you know what it is? Has she given her for this clever clog? Well, I have a card of... here, and uh, she hasn't sent the answer, unfortunately. Oh. So Mrs Debbie Hyam, or maybe Higgum... Uh, <laughs> Would you please send us the answer? Or indeed, if any listeners at home have solved it while we've been fooling around here, send the answer in to us and we'll announce it at some future date, like August the 8th. (laughs) Right, I think we'd better go on. Bad luck, teams. We'd better go on to a round called Heaven's Gate. And this is the round in which I ask our teams for suggestions on how to make a more expensive flop than Heaven's Gate. Let me remind you, those who haven't come across it, that that was the four-and-a-half-hour western, which flopped, had to be cut to two-and-a-half hours, flopped again, was cut to 80 minutes, and looks like ending up as a commercial. (laughs) The winning suggestion now will, of course, be sold to Lord Grade. (laughs) And uh, we'll go, first of all, to Willie. A more expensive flop than Heaven's Gate. There's always Heaven's Gate Part (laughs) 2. Or is it tribute to Lou Grade, possibly... Put the Titanic back where you found it. <laughs> Graham? Um, well, at this moment in time, I should think a remake of The Railway Children. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly The Nun's Story, starring Oliver Reed. Tim? I would say... Uh, the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, <clears throat> this is being sponsored by family grocers who, ins- <laughs> who insist that it should be a musical. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a musical suitable for children. <laughs> and they're calling it the Tesco Cold Saw Irritation. <laughs> Don't think that would make a lot of money and lose a bit of didn't make a lot of marks, <laughs> Barry. I think you could uh, spend a lot of money and indeed lose it on a, a sequel to Arthur uh, called Scargill. 
about a selfless union leader who cares only for his members. Science fiction. <laughs> right, well, Barry, that puts Barry in the lead. Anybody got any further suggestions? Tarzan sniffs blue tack. <laughs> OK, well, with uh, Tim and Willie now in the lead, we'll go on to a game called uh, Feeding the Baby. This ah. is a good one. For this ah. next round, each team member has a baby's feeding bottle suspended in front of him on the end of a piece of string. And the winner is the first to empty his bottle without using his hands. Bottles contain pure milk. And, of course, keeping the bottle suspended at the right height is a highly skilled and arduous task. So we're delighted to have four complete amateurs from the audience to do it. So if you would like to... Volunteers would like to come forward, please. A round of applause for our four volunteers from the audience. So, if you two would go to... And let me just tell you... Have you uh, given no, a suck previously? Hold them up by the string. They start That's right. Them. Well, never mind, they'll have to grab at it. It's an early hold delivery. Right, right. right, we'll start now. Oh, ah. <laughs> and as far as I can see, Tim Brooke Taylor is racing ahead. I was breastfed, it's not fair, this. Barry Carr's been sick. That was 44 years ago. Willie Ruston's talking, so he's virtually disqualified. <laughs> Barry Cry has got himself into a very awkward, twisted position there. I don't think he can get out of that. OK. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, you. now, uh, if you would come to me, the four volunteers from the audience... Mummy! Hold the bottles up, upside down. <laughs> I'm engaged. Because I'm thirsty too. Hold and it bottle. looks from this... <laughs> as the, Sorry, oh, dear. That's the winner. You were... Uh, Tim Brooke Taylor's the winner. Oh. oh. Very well done. Thank you very much. Uh. And thank you. A round of applause for the four gallant members of the audience who came and held the bottle there. He has an unfair advantage. He's still on it. <laughs> I hope you noticed that... Mine During my commentary, I hope you noticed that I tipped Tim Brooke Taylor to win that one, and indeed he did. Yes. We go on now to Sounds Peculiar, and this is the round in which uh, I play a few bizarre sound effects. When I say I play them, actually, I employ somebody to play them. <laughs> and uh, I want you to tell me what you think they are. Humph, you did say it was Highbury followed by the Angel, then Arnott's Grove, didn't you? So I'm still worried about that. Sorry, I interrupted. The bigger point. No. Yes. Uh, okay, Barry Cry. Here's your uh, sound effect. <laughs> Steve Davis standing too near a pocket. <laughs> I think you're right. Can we hear it? Is it possible to hear that one again? That's a okay. scratch on the Dulux paint. Graham Garden, here's your sound effect. <laughs> yes, we really 
are trying to inject a serious note, aren't we? Um, I think that was Cyril Smith amalgamating with the SDP. <laughs> again, I think you're pretty close. Let's hear that again and see if you're right. Successful competitor, and it's a knockout. <laughs> the scream was surely at the hairdressers, I think. Hans and Lottie Hess going too far. <laughs> Tim, here's yours now. <laughs> That's Cyril Smith losing his deposit. <laughs> How would he know? <laughs> I think that's pretty good too. Can we hear that again? <laughs> okay, Willie Rushton, here's your sound effect. Cyril Smith's getting it back. <laughs> Can we hear that again and see if he's right? <laughs> Diana Dawes making a comeback. <laughs> Well, that was fun, and scattering marks recklessly in all directions, we go on to a round called Straight Face, and in this round, the aim of the teams is not to amuse the audience. Each panellist, in turn, says a word, and the first one who gets a laugh from the studio audience is disqualified. The remaining three continue the game in rotation until only one survives, and to that one I award, of course, all the remaining points. So, we're going to start now with you, Tim Brooke-Taylor. Cheese. Square. Regalia. Plinth. Tilt. Cramp. What? Willie got a laugh then when he said what? <laughs> yes, yes. Got a laugh with what? What? <laughs> I said cramp. Cramp. You can't say the same word. No. <laughs> Repetition. It's fair to ask, though. Rug. Plethora. Ah, a titter. Oh, to yourself. <laughs> a titter for Barry, who's, who's very reckless there. With that was plethora. the other game. That was the last round. <laughs> and gets disqualified. Oh, no. So we now go to you, Tim Brooke-Taylor, once again. Silicon. Tomato. Wicked. Bean. Collie wobbles. <laughs> Funny about that. <laughs> it's the way you say it. <laughs> well, this is interesting because it leaves two members of one team. So, <laughs> so we've... it's everything to play for. <laughs> Tim and Willie. And we'll start with you, Willie. Um, impedimenta. There's always one. Oh, thank you, Doris. 
lady there is still laughing from Collywobbles. Yes, I <laughs> She suddenly saw the joke. <laughs> so we won't count that. Armpit. Dewlap. Gregory Powder. What? what? A word, surely. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were still in the game. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> ah, the audience kept a straight face, but Barry and Graham fell about. So <laughs> that gives that round to you, Barry and Graham. <coughs> Do you want to play another one of that? No, not a right. <laughs> right, we go on to sound charades. And this is the one where, using only the immense versatility of their voices, each team will in turn give us a charade of a play, a film, a book, or whatever, and the other team will then have to guess what it is or why they bother to do it. And we uh, have here a computerised board on which the answer goes up for our studio audience, once the gentleman can find the talk. <laughs> and also a mystery voice will tell you what it is at home. And we're going to start with Barry and Graham doing a charade. And for those of you listening at home, here it is from our mystery voice. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Right. Barry and Graham, will you tell Tim and Willie whether it's a film, a play, a book, or whatever? It's a film. It's a film. How many words? Yeah. Two words. Two words? Sorry. Two words. Come on. And are you doing it all in one? Yes. Yes. Right. Start now. Yeah, boy, look who's that coming down the street there. It's a, it's a day. Yeah, yeah, look at him. Oh, he's hobbling a bit, isn't he? He's hobbling. Hobbling and wobbling. Yes, I can. Got one leg longer than the other. Or I, don't know. I don't very know. I've never very seen strange. him walking like that before. No way for an undertaker to walk. Mm. Is no, it? no. He's known as died a death in the village. You, you know. see him, really? Oh, yes. oh, you ought to join us here. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of that. Okay, it's for you to guess now. It's finished. Uh, hop along, Cassidy. Uh, two words. The Irish. No. <laughs> ah, it's, but the Welsh voice was that throwing us, do you think? Under milk bottle was anything. Manuel in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen it. <laughs> great. The name of the person involved is quite important. Die. Die. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say die of the death. The surname. The sur death. <laughs> death the occupation. You, will you tell them what the name of the surname of the gentleman involved was oh, to give them a little oh. bit of assistance? It was Di Evans. Oh, so Evans, Evans, Evans above. <laughs> oh, Evans <laughs> Gate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, Willie Rushton. That was very good, and without any help either. Now, Tim and, Willie, Tim and Willie, you're going to do uh, your charade now, and our audience here is going to be shown what it is on the board, and here it is for you at home through the mystery voice. The Lion in Winter. The Lion in Winter. Yes. <laughs> right, Tim and Willie, will you tell them, is it a film, play, or what? It's a film with four words, and we'd like to do it all at once. Yes, uh, speaking purely as an elephant... Yes, yes. Um, I, well, I, I feel that I, I should be king of the jungle. You think you should be king of the jungle? I don't think you yeah? should be. Anyway, you're quite welcome to it. This is about 14 foot of snow and my feet are freezing. Your, f your feet are freezing? <laughs> <laughs> think what it's like for me. What, are you a brass monkey? 
Not exactly. King of the jungle I am, I reckon, but I'm low-slung. Right. There's Thank you, a, Nanny. A lot of clues for you. Most of them irrelevant, I may yes. say. Yes. Do lions come into them at all? Yes, lions. <laughs> lions. The lion in winter. Yes. <laughs> That earns you a chance to do another charade for your, with your team, that's namely Barry Cryer. And uh, here it is up on the board, and for you listening at home, here it is through the mystery voice again. Death Wish 2. Death Wish 2. A play, a film, or a book? This is a film. Film. Three words. Oh, for God's sake, Mr. Shoemaker, come in from that ledge! No! Come inside through the window, Mr. Shoemaker, please. That's the second time you've been out on the ledge this morning. <laughs> A load of cobblers. <laughs> Mr. Shoemaker, I think. In this case, the name is irrelevant. <laughs> ah. Die Shoemaker, it was. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, I should tell you that uh, Barry, during that uh, short bit of acting, was poised on the edge of our stage here. It was really very dramatic. <laughs> That's the second time you've been on, this, on the ledge this morning. Twice, uh, twice, uh, twice, uh... Oh, right, film called flabby twice, uh, applause from the audience there, <laughs> indicating that you're... Well, a pretty flabby audience. <laughs> no offence, you understand. Twice, twice. Twice-a. It isn't twice is it? Is it twice twicer? No, it's not twice It's not twice no. Uh, the word twice doesn't come into it. Uh, Could we have the postman always rings as one word? Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly twice. The, the audience was getting... Two times. Tag. Well... No, it said two times, sorry. Two, two times. <laughs> well, you're half right. Squared. Once. I don't think they're going to get it. The Magnificent <coughs> Two. There may be some r- clever people in the audience who guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> Two Anybody ducks. got what it is? <laughs> oh, lady over there. <laughs> what is the she one say? literate member of our audience. <laughs> With the binoculars. Yes, she said it's Death Wish Two. Too right, soon. Tim and Willie, you have another charade to do now. <laughs> it's going up on the board rapidly and... Equally rapidly, here's the mystery voice to tell you at home. King Lear. King Lear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is is it a play or a film? It's a play. Two words. And um, we're going to do it all at once, starting now. Have you um, seen the Queen? I mean, have you, have you, have you seen it? <laughs> I said Coco. <laughs> uh, it's no queen, of course, it's my wife. <laughs> right. Royal Flash? <laughs> no, I'm afraid it isn't. Uh, is there a royal word, royal connotation in the title? It. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've got it. King Lust. <laughs> Would you buy Lear? Yeah. <laughs> yes, King Lear it is indeed. And uh, it's level yeah. pegging now. 
as we go into our late arrivals. And this oh. is the point in the programme where we all sit back and listen to the teams giving their announcements for the late arrivals at the Linguists' Ball. The Linguists' Ball. <laughs> Will you please welcome all the way from Germany? Please, welcome from Germany. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Und Blitzen. <laughs> and their daughter, Donna Und Blitzen. <laughs> oh, please, please. They've forgotten the war. Why can't we? <laughs> Snap your garters and roll out the tarpaulin. <laughs> Broach the oil. Front of France, the vous Francais, and their daughter Polly. <laughs> with the Blitzens, their friend with the rather dodgy false teeth, known to us all affectionately as Spray Kenzie Deutsch. <laughs> and also from France. Oh. From France also, Monsieur and Madame Swaki Malipons. And their daughter Annie Swaki Malipons. <laughs> oh, Marie, you are la toilette. <laughs> and all the way from Belgium, Walloon. Will you please welcome <laughs> the, the Ology family, well. first of all, Philology, <laughs> with his mother tongue and his French grammar. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Croat and their distinguished and handsome son, Sir Beau Croat. <laughs> From Italy, ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome Signor and Signore Videci and their cockney son, Ari Videci. <laughs> oh, there's Idiom Amin and his pigeon, English. <laughs> And all the way from South Africa, Mr. and Mrs. Econs and their son Arthur Econs. <laughs> Hugo Slavia. And Chico Slovakia. Oh. <laughs> the great act they were. Oh, there's Patois Boule. <laughs> Singing my old Dutch and Sweden low. <laughs> Lingraphone. <laughs> Well, time's caught up with us at last. Mr. and Mrs. Amo Italiano and their daughter Polly. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Niederflem to speak Dutch and their son Hugh Niederflem to speak Dutch. <laughs> Bonsoir, madame and monsieur. <laughs> that puts Tim and Willie in the lead for this week and they're the winners. Round of applause for them, please. <laughs> and also... To Barry and Graham for getting the most marks. <laughs> and from all of us, goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Thank you.